If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! It's game day! (laughs) Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 85 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on February 28th, the first day of spring training baseball in the year 2021. Now, let's get started, as always, by giving our shout-outs to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and much more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9, and know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including this very one, Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias at grunttalksmlb. Special thanks to all of our friends, all of them, at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9 for always helping to spread the word about Yapping Yankees. Also, don't forget, guys, you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And please remember to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on. Those platforms would be YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Today is the day. You heard me scream it at the very beginning. Today is the first Yankees spring training game. The first time we will see our boys on TV again playing baseball for the first time in over four months. As we spoke about throughout most of the offseason, last season was something else. (laughs) Thanks to the virus screwing up the whole damn world. And after a mostly slow offseason and a fantastic last week and a half or so of spring training content coming out of Florida with videos of the boys warming up and getting ready and all that good stuff, today we finally have baseball back. Exhibition games, yes, but who cares? It's baseball, and it's finally back. Yankees and Blue Jays, Michael King will start the game today. He'll probably just throw an inning or two, obviously. 
The game starts in about a half an hour from when I'm starting to record now. It's about 12.30 right now, so in about a half hour to 40 minutes, the game will get underway. I do have the Yankees starting lineup. Of course, you guys already know it because you guys have already seen the game by the time this episode comes out tonight, but just for my own self-enjoyment, <laughs> the starting lineup is DJ batting first at second, and then batting second is Judge in right field, batting third is Glaybert short, Cleanup is Voigt at first, batting fifth is Gary DHing, sixth is Clint Frazier in left, seventh is Andujar at third, eighth is Chirinos at catcher, and ninth is Talkman out in center. I got my television on just a couple of feet away from my desk in my room where I record. The Yes Network is on, and this is just going to be an awesome, awesome day. I'm so amped, guys. Baseball is finally back. <laughs> Damn, I'm happy. <laughs> And speaking of spring training content, so much more from this past week, good lord. All the awesome videos of live BPs, sim games for pitchers, and the guys just acting like doofuses, like when Glaber gave Gio a jump scare in the dugout, and then Gio tried to do it back to no avail. <laughs> Clint Frazier showing more of his remarkable maturity in press conferences and otherwise, as well as his awesome custom bat, which I loved. Severino saying his arm feels fantastic and that he should be starting to throw from a mound in the next two weeks or so. Aaron Judge's teeth breaking the internet. <laughs> I swear, the dumbest crap always breaks the internet. <laughs> As we know, Judge always had a big gap in between his teeth, particularly his two top front teeth. And it was just always a casual thing. And then this past week, when he was doing a Zoom press conference, he smiled and his teeth were revealed to not have a gap anymore. And the internet just, <laughs> it went into an absolute tizzy. I mean, <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, all right, cool. And then I kept scrolling because it's teeth. <laughs> but that breaks the internet. Teeth. You all know I love Aaron Judge as much as the next guy, but <laughs> of all things to break the internet, his teeth. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll join in on the craziness when he hits another 495-foot moonshot. How about that? But anyway, yeah, just a lot of storylines between all of that, everybody addressing the media, just everyone is just psyched to get back into the grind and take another shot at number 28, which better finally freaking happen this time around. So, speaking of this time around, today is the first episode that officially kicks off this time around, with spring training games starting, and it ought to be another fun episode. I am so hyped today, so you're gonna have a really happy, excited, amped up mic today! <laughs> we got this week's poll first, where I ask you about which player, or players, you think will have comebacks this year, or the biggest comeback. I think it's a good question with everything officially starting up as of today, hence the episode title. So we've got that first, and then later on in Yankees news, believe it or not, and I'm sure you believe it given the last few years, but the Yanks already have an injury. <laughs> it was reported six days ago, so not exactly yesterday. You probably already know who I'm talking about, but regardless, we'll talk about who it was, how bad it is, and how it affects the team and all that jazz later. We'll also talk about Gardner and Justin Wilson's contracts becoming official, and the information of Wilson's contract that we didn't have for like over a week finally being revealed, and there was a continuation of all the talk surrounding Domingo Herman that I spoke a bit about in the intro of last week's episode throughout this past week. 
So, more follow-up stuff from when this discussion was originally revived, when Zach Britton made his statement about his opinion on all of it when asked by the media, and we'll get into what else happened this past week to add on to what I spoke about last week. So let's do it! Let me head right on over to Twitter first, and we will get started with the poll. Let me see here. Alright, got it. I just have so much hyperness in me today, guys. You have no idea. It's hard to even focus. All right, again, on the subject of comebacks, this week's poll question is, of these Yankees who have suffered from injuries, slumps, or otherwise in recent years, which do you think will have the biggest comeback this season? And of course, leave your thoughts below for a chance at a shout-out on the show today, which plenty of you did, as always. The four choices to choose from were first Aaron Judge, then Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, or Luis Severino upon his return, since of course we know he won't be a factor until around maybe June or July, when he returns around the second half from his Tommy John surgery recovery. As far as my opinion on this, as much as I would love to see all four of these guys have unbelievable comebacks beyond anybody's wildest imagination, I would love for Aaron Judge to have an injury-free, unbelievable 2021 just murdering baseballs left and right and doing his thing out there in right field. I would love for Giancarlo Stanton to also have an injury-free season and show us the Stanton, or at least as close of a version to this Stanton as possible, to the Giancarlo Stanton that we saw in the 2020 playoffs, because he was just unbelievable in the postseason last year. And we even heard from the Yankees in the last week or so that he might even get some reps again in the outfield. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see about that, because obviously we know that Aaron Boone and the Yankees love to switch around the lineup a lot and give a lot of guys chances to play on certain days, give guys rest days, also depends who's injured, the whole deal, you know what I mean. So we'll see how many outfield reps Stanton gets, if any. I know they would prefer to have him at DH more often than not, because, of course, of the injury risk, if he isn't. But regardless of how many outfield reps he does or doesn't get, I just hope that we see at least a version of the Stanton that we got in the playoffs last year because that was incredible to watch. Obviously, I hope Gary Sanchez bounces back both for his own sake and the sake of the team because, quite frankly, as we've spoken about all offseason long, this is likely Gary's last chance to prove himself again. And if you go back to the second half of 2016 when he first came up and you remember 2017, that unbelievable year, we all remember what Gary Sanchez is capable of, particularly at the plate. And even that aspect of his game was at an all-time low, and an all-time low for most major leaguers, like, ever, I would say. It was just so atrocious last year. And I even said it a ton of times throughout the offseason that watching Gary was a chore in 2020. It really was. His hitting and his defense was just painful to witness. And you just gotta hope that all the hard work that he did over the course of the offseason with winter ball in the Dominican Republic and everything that his hard work this offseason pays off come the regular season. Because again, let's face it, this is probably his last chance. And of course, when Luis Severino comes back, you hope that he and his elbow are healthy enough to give us at least most of the Luis Severino that we all remember and love. Because Tommy John surgery is tricky, there are never any guarantees with it, and you know that a lot of guys afterwards just come back never being the same, but some other guys, they come back and they're stronger than they ever were. And as I mentioned in the introduction, some of Luis Severino's statements were very encouraging, saying that his arm feels fantastic, and he's already getting ready to throw from a mound within the next couple of weeks. So those are encouraging signs. Obviously, you hope that he comes back being as close to the Luis Severino that we all remember. So again, obviously, for their own sakes, and of course, for the sake of the team, 
you hope that all four of these guys come back and have unbelievable comeback seasons, and potentially make it, as the episode title says, the year of the comeback, hopefully resulting in a World Series title. But despite wanting all four of these guys to make a comeback, I asked you to make a choice specifically of these players, and I myself made a choice, and my choice of the four is none other than Aaron Judge. Now, Judge is obviously my favorite Yankee, but there is no bias with this. You guys know that when I make choices like this, I do not use my bias. I do have an ability to be very objective. Those of you who have been listening to me for a long time, either from the very beginning, or you hopped on board at some point, or if you're hopping aboard right now on this episode, you know, or if you're new, you're about to find out, that I do have a real ability to be truly objective. I know what's happened with Judge for years now. I know what's happened. All of the struggles that he's had staying on the field, regardless of the cause, Jacob Junis's fastball hitting him on the wrist in 2018, or his ribs breaking on the dive in right field, regardless of what it is, he has undeniably had enormous trouble staying healthy. Whether you love him as much as me, or maybe even more than me, or not, you have to admit it. And last year before the virus hit, and you can even take a look at my Twitter if you don't believe me, I was confident that Aaron Judge last year was finally going to have the year, the injury-free season, the 2017-esque full potential season that we had all been anticipating. Before the virus hit last year, I anticipated that 2020 was going to be that year. We, of course, know what would end up happening as a result of the virus. And, not surprisingly so, especially because of the crazy schedule and the never-before-seen bizarre circumstances throughout the 2020 shortened season, Not only would he not even have the time to fulfill the numbers that I predicted before the virus had hit, but he, like many other guys throughout 2020, tons of guys, especially all the guys who showed up out of shape, and there were many of them, struggled with injuries. But this year, resetting back to a normal 162-game season with what I imagine is pent-up frustration internally with Judge not being able to stay healthy throughout the last few years, And with the change in his training routine that I mentioned last week, I believe it was, I do truly think that 2021 is finally the year, and I tweeted out this prediction at least a month ago, at least, that we finally see that comeback injury-free season out of Aaron Judge. I'm talking like 145 games at least, with 40 to 45 bombs, Being the incredible right fielder that we all know him to be, which I wish people would give him more credit with how good of an outfielder he is because he's outstanding defensively too. Between his range in the outfield, especially for a bigger guy like himself, we don't even have to mention the cannon of an arm he has. I said it a lot of times before, but I just really dream of a day where Aaron Judge, just like whether it be in practice or what have you, he just goes to the right field wall on any given field, gets a running start, and just after a few steps, just unleashes the ball, just launches it with all of his strength. And I'm convinced that ball would just land on Mars because there are times where from right field, he makes a seemingly effortless throw and it's an absolute bullet. The guy has a gun for an arm. So I just fantasize about that. Just him starting from the right field wall on any given field, getting a running start and then just absolutely gunning the ball as hard as he can, as far as he can, with all of his strength, and just see where it goes. That would be quite entertaining. But regardless, my whole point, circling around to my original point, just all the attributes that Aaron Judge has. And we know what he's capable of if he stays on the field. We've seen it before, and we know that we can see it again because he does it whenever he's on the field. It's just a matter of that, when he is on the field. And we know that when he is, 
Aaron Judge is going to produce. Unbelievably, because we all know what he's capable of. Like him or not, bust his chops about him always being hurt or whatever you want to do, but you have to admit that when he's on the field, he is one of the top players in baseball. There is no denying that. But it's just a matter of being on the field, because if you're not on the field to contribute, then it doesn't matter, because you're not on the field to show what you're made of and to contribute to your team. And again, it is always a tragedy when Aaron Judge does get hurt because of the potential that we know he has. Even last year, before going on the IL again, he was on the path to having a ridiculous season, even in a 60-game shortened season. He was hitting an unreal amount of home runs. He was on the path to have like 25 home runs at least, I think, if he had played the whole shortened season. It was ridiculous. You remember all those home runs he was hitting, especially that game that he had against the Red Sox? Oh my god, I still remember that game. I was going nuts. <laughs> so, when he's on the field, my point is, again, for the millionth time, we all know what Aaron Judge is capable of in every sense of the word on both aspects of his game, offensively and defensively. And I think he's finally ready to have that season we all know that he could have. And you hope that that change in his training routine really helped out. The incorporation of yoga and more stretching, apparently. Less benching and strength training and squats and things like that. So let's hope and pray that the guidance of the head of the Yankees injury and health and performance staff, Eric Cressy, will help guys like Aaron Judge to stay healthy throughout the season. And by the way, Giancarlo Stanton too, because Stanton also changed his training routine alongside Judge by Eric Cressy's instruction, by incorporating more yoga and stretching and things like that instead of just pure strength training or bench pressing models and any of that crap. So, <laughs> obviously, while I hope it helps out both of them, I am hoping and praying that it has an unbelievably positive effect on Aaron Judge and if it does, if he gets at least those 145 games in throughout the regular season, not only is he going to show how great he is defensively, but obviously he's going to actually probably make my home run numbers look a bit easy to achieve. 40 to 45 homers? <laughs> it should be a fun time. So my choice is Aaron Judge. And when I look at the voting results here, it would seem a lot of you agree with me because of the hundreds and hundreds of votes that came in. Of the four choices, the choice of Aaron Judge was victorious by earning 47% of the vote. Almost half of it. The next three choices were in very close proximity of each other. The second choice coming in second place was Gary Sanchez with 21% of the vote. Then Giancarlo Stanton came in third with 19. And then Luis Severino, upon his return, came in last with 13% of the vote. And when I first posted the poll, actually, Luis Severino was winning for a little bit, and then just eventually Aaron Judge just took over. So, that's the way you guys voted. Let's hear how you replied down below. And again, if you want to read these replies for yourself, whether they be ones that I end up getting to or not getting to, which, as I do every week, unfortunately, there will be plenty that I don't get to. I just don't have enough time to get to every single one of you. So, if you want to see the replies for yourself, then just head on over to my Twitter, at Mike Scudero. All you got to do is go to my page, scroll down, find the tweet with the poll in it, and then you could read all the comments under it for yourself. But let's get to those replies. First up today, we have, let's see, let's see. Today we have first, Joe F. at Holcock 2, and he says, All rise! Stanton will continue to be on the Ellsbury list. <laughs> I don't know if you could compare anybody to Ellsbury, especially Giancarlo Stanton, because yes, while Stanton makes a lot of money, and so did Ellsbury for the Yankees, 
you could say that Stanton in 2018 alone, which was considered an eh season for his standards, especially given the season he was coming off of in 2017, but even a season like 2018, which was considered eh for his expectations, he did more than Ellsbury ever could have even dreamed of doing in pinstripes. And especially even in 2020 in the playoffs, in a matter of a week or so, a week and a half, John Carlos Stanton in that small window of time did <laughs> so much more than Ellsbury could have ever even imagined doing here. I mean, Giancarlo was on another planet during the playoffs. So I just can't put basically nearly anybody on the Ellsbury list because Ellsbury is just in a league of his own, but especially not Stanton because even if he's been hurt a lot and 2018, again, for his standards was eh, but even in 2018, better than anything Ellsbury had ever done here and especially in the postseason in 2020 in the span of a week or a week and a half. Yeah, I just can't group them together. I have trouble grouping anybody with Jacoby Ellsbury, only with the exception of a few Yankees in the past. But as far as your opinion on who will have the best comeback season, yeah, you said all rise, so apparently you agree with me. Awesome stuff. Up next is at Marianne337-93704. And she said, I said judge because I am so tired of hearing that he can't stay on the field. Yeah, I'm tired by it too, Marianne. And it's especially upsetting to me because whenever he's not on the field, that's just time being wasted where he's not showing his true talent. I want Aaron Judge on the field at all times so that he can show everybody and remind everybody that he is a top player in baseball. Yeah, you could talk about how much he strikes out when he's up at the plate and everything like that, but honestly, who doesn't strike out a lot in today's game? So few guys. And whether you like it or not, and I agree that it could be very annoying, I hate strikeouts too, guys, but striking out has become just like a regular part of the game. It's not as frowned upon now as it was back then. But you get what I'm saying. When he's on the field, we know what the guy's capable of, undeniably. So yeah, I, like you, am just tired of hearing about it, mainly because I know what Aaron Judge can do when he plays. We've seen it countless times. I want the guy on the field. And yes, just also for the sake of hearing people just shut up about it already, because it's annoying. Anytime you want to talk positively about Aaron Judge, somebody always comes in a nanosecond later to just remind you about how he can never avoid injury and he's never on the field. <laughs> I just want it to end. I really do. I love Judge, and I want him to stay on the field. So, I hear you, Marianne. Up next is Rob at Laker477, and Rob says, Obviously, I hope they all have a great year, but I think Judge is really going to kill it this year. All right, we got another Aaron Judge. I like it. I like it. Let's keep going. At Laura underscore Icemont, Laura says, Judge, we know what he's capable of when he is healthy. Amen to that, Laura. That's what I've been preaching. Up next is Rebecca at Peace Now for Life, and Rebecca says, Honestly, I think they're all going to have big years, because I'm an optimist. But to pick one, I would say Judge. He's motivated to put the injuries behind him, and has spoken of changing his workout routine, which tells me he wants this year to be his best. Yup. <laughs> That's a lot of the points I was making in my explanation for him being my pick, too. And yeah, as I also said, I too hope that all four of them have fantastic bounce-back years. But Aaron Judge is just set apart from them, in my opinion, as he is for yours, evidently, and all the prior replies, pretty much. Because I too think that he's just ready to leave injuries behind him, at least for the most part, hopefully. I don't think he'll never get hurt ever again, but hopefully he can mostly leave it behind him and nothing severe happens to him. Like, no more broken wrists or broken ribs or anything. But I, too, think that he's just ready to leave it behind him. And his change in his workout routine, I mentioned that earlier, too. I really hope that that has vast, positive changes in his future as far as his health. So, yeah, agreed all around, Rebecca. 
Up next, we have at Blue Russian 5555, and he says Sanchez will relearn to hit. <laughs> I hope so. From your lips to God's ears, my friend. Because 2020, Gary Sanchez, I cannot do that again. And I'm not sure the Yankees can either. As I said before, 2021 is probably his last chance as it should be. Especially if he's anywhere near as dreadful as he was in 2020. No question about that. But I do hope that all the hard work that he did during the offseason with winter ball and everything that we spoke about all offseason long when the reports were coming out, I hope it all pays off. I really, really hope it does, both for the team's sake, obviously, and of course for Gary's sake himself, because like I've been saying all offseason long, there is a very big chance that this could be his final opportunity here. Let's hope the hard work pays off. Up next is at Ash Chach, I think that is, <laughs> and they say none of the above. Well then, <laughs> okay, fair enough, I guess. Up next is at Christian underscore N-Y-Y-S-T, and Christian says, tough question. I'll rank them like this. Yeah, it is a tough question. That's why it was good. I loved asking this. <laughs> but anyway, Christian ranked them like this. He said, one, judge, if healthy, he's going to be MVP dominant this year. So that was number one that he ranked them as, and I completely agree. Two, Sanchez. This might be more wishful thinking, but could be his last chance. Maybe that sparks him. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Then Christian says here, three, Stanton, just dust him off in mid-September. <laughs> okay. And four, Sevi, and there's an emoji of a guy shrugging his shoulders. <laughs> All right, that's fair too, I guess, because again, we don't know what kind of Sevi we're getting back from Tommy John. He says his arm feels fantastic, which is awesome, but of course, you don't know for sure until he does start throwing from a mound, and then of course, to live hitters after that, and then in real games. But yeah, I tend to agree with your ranking, Christian, and your reasoning for each one of them. The Stanton one is funny, just dust him off in mid-September. Yeah, I mean, because... We saw what happened to him in the playoffs last year. If we get a Stanton even close to that one for the playoffs again in 2021, that would be a thing of beauty. Bobby at NYY 2021 WS Champs is up next, and Bobby says number 99. So another Aaron Judge. All right, I like it. Next is at CG2K God, and they say, I don't even know baseball like that, but I know if Judge stays healthy, you're gonna go places. Well, that's how you know. <laughs> that right there is how you know how known Judge and his abilities are. When people who don't even know baseball well, like this guy right here, even know that if he's healthy, he will help out the Yankees unbelievably. <laughs> so I love that reply by somebody who doesn't even know baseball that well, but they still know nonetheless that if Judge is healthy, it would be unbelievable. And that right there is why when Judge is healthy, he is a top player in baseball. That right there is why. That and being a Yankee, of course. Duh. <laughs> All right, up next is James Celestin at Black Rebirth 52, my friend James. And he says, I'll say Gary, because a lot of pressure is on him to perform. He knows this is it for him if he doesn't produce. It's time to show up, Gary. Yeah, absolutely, James. I completely agree with that. We've said time and time again that I believe that this is his last chance this year. And if he doesn't perform, he'll probably have to be looking for another job elsewhere, which is basically what you're saying, too. I agree. Let's keep moving right along here. Up next, we have Mike Nelson at MD Nelly, and Mike says, I said El Gary, because injuries aside, the other three were productive when they played last year. I pray that last year was as bad as Sanchez will ever be. Well, yeah, as far as the other three being productive last year when they were playing, I think with Severino, you meant the last time we saw him play back in 2019, a couple of years ago, because last year he missed 2020 because he got the Tommy John surgery in February. That's probably what you meant, but I hear your point nonetheless, obviously. 
And you're right, when they did play, especially in the 2020 postseason last year, Giancarlo Stanton was phenomenal. When he was playing, Aaron Judge was still great. And in 2019, we all remember how good Seve was. So, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. But Gary, yeah, down to his last chance, most likely, you have to assume. And he's just got to go out there and get it done this year. So, yeah, Mike, that's totally fair. Up next, we have at SirGerm88, and they say Seve. All right, we got a Seve believer here, and I'm on board for that. I have no problem with that whatsoever, especially after Seve's comments lately about how phenomenal his arm has been feeling. And we don't know what kind of Seve we're going to get back again when he actually gets into throwing from a mound, facing live hitters, getting into real games. But his arm, apparently feeling as good as it's ever felt, is definitely a good start to it. So, all right, I'm very here for the Seve support. Up next is my good friend Kate, at NYY underscore Kate. And Kate says, you already know my answer, Mike. And yes, Kate, I do. Being a good friend of yours, Kate is a diehard Aaron Judge fan for you Yankees Twitter people out there who don't know, so her answer is obviously Judge without her even directly saying it. <laughs> Up next is at A. Cambo, and A. Cambo says, Judge, because he can play both sides of the ball like an all-star. He absolutely can play both sides of the ball like an all-star. You're absolutely right, and that's what I was saying before, giving him due credit both for his offense and his defense. And as I also said before, he gets much more credit for his offense as, you know, is expected because he's phenomenal offensively, but he's also fantastic defensively. And I feel like he definitely doesn't get enough credit for his amazing defense out there in right field. So yeah, totally agree with that. Up next is at NYYFanForever96, and they say Aaron Judge because we know what he's capable of when he's healthy. Yes, we do. You are not the first one to say that alongside myself and some of the other replies here. You are correct, good sir. Up next is at ChineseIrish23 saying, hopefully Sanchez to shut everyone up. Yeah, that would be very nice. That would be very, very nice. <laughs> I just need to see some sort of a bounce back from Sanchez from last year because, again, I cannot stress this enough how miserable it was watching him in 2020. A bounce back season is just a must for Gary. It is. And yeah, as I said earlier, to shut everyone up too, yeah, he's got a lot of people out there that don't like him. And after a year like 2020, it's difficult to combat that. So many of you know how much I've defended Gary in the past, but I absolutely could not provide any defense at all when it came to 2020, and rightfully so. Nobody could. At that point, it's just telling it like it is, no matter how much you like a given player. You gotta be honest with yourself. But when it comes to this year both because of my prior defense for Gary, I still do think he has it in him, and plus all of the work he put in this offseason that we've spoken about. I'm just praying it pays off. I really am. But my god, how nice it would be if he had himself a really, really good season. I'm just taking a glance over at my TV now. The game is getting ready to start. Hold on, I see the Yes Network logo popping up and everything. Oh, it looks like there's actually a bunch of graphics being put together. Hold on, I want to hear this, so I'm just going to edit this part out and make it seem like a seamless cut. Wow. They just had like a beautiful highlights package and a voiceover with Michael Kay talking about how dark 2020 was and how everybody's ready to just get into this season filled with much more light and hope. Fans being back, the players ready to get into it. Wow. Yeah, I just like unmuted my television and stopped my recording right here just to listen to that. And now I'm recording again and I, I'll just edit out that part of Dead Space later on when I'm editing. But wow, that was really good. I just recorded it on my phone and put the video out to Twitter and said, I'm going to cry because <laughs> it was really, really nice. It was a nice little thing they did before they got into the broadcast. But wow, my God, I'm excited. <laughs> so the game is going to start any minute now. I am so amped. 
I don't care what happens today or in any spring training game when it comes to the final result of a game. The most important thing as of today is, guys, that we have baseball back. That is the most important thing more so than anything else. Also, not getting hurt. <laughs> that's, that's another thing. As long as you have yourself a nice, fun game and baseball's back and nobody gets hurt, then as far as I'm concerned, that is a great day for spring training. But yeah, I just noticed that on my TV next to me, which again is going on mute right now. Again, now I muted it again. It's going right next to me while I record. So once the game starts, I'll be taking occasional glances over there while I talk. And if anything happens that's worth mentioning, I will talk about it right here. A little bit of live mentioning on a pre-tape. <laughs> oh boy. All right, let's keep going with these replies right here. Let's just do like a couple of more maybe. Up next we have at Heaven BND, and they say, I picked Judge because he's talked about changing up his workout, and I think he wants to prove all the naysayers wrong once and for all about his injuries. Yep, both last week and during this segment today, we have referenced his workout change, and yeah, I too hope that it has a positive effect on his health this year. That'd be nice. And to finally get people to stop talking about the injuries, injuries, injuries. Yeah, but he's got to put in the work for people to stop talking that way. And hopefully him putting in the work with this new workout routine that we've heard about will do just that. Next, we have at MDN051, and they say Giancarlo because he's lost weight and is hangry. So hungry and angry. <laughs> okay. I mean, Stanton is coming off of that killer postseason in 2020, and I'm sure he would love to pick up right where he left off. But yeah, it's good to see a Stanton reply. I think you're the first one, if I'm not mistaken, that I've read at least. But yeah, and also when it comes to his health, as far as his injury struggles too, as I mentioned earlier, Judge wasn't the only one to change up his workout routine to the yoga and the stretching. Stanton did too, so hopefully that'll have a positive effect on his health as well. Because good lord, would I love to see the Stanton that we got in the playoffs. That would be amazing. All right, let's finish up with this last one right here on Twitter. Last but not least for Twitter, we have at NYYanksChick, and they say Gary. All right, so although most of the votes and seemingly all the replies seem to say Aaron Judge, we're ending off with a Gary response. All right, I like it. And hey, as I've been saying over and over again, the guy worked his ass off this offseason with Winterball, so we can only hope that it has the best of payoffs. But as for Twitter, that is all, guys. I want to thank each and every one of you, as I do every single week, for voting, for applying, the whole deal. But before we wrap up the poll segment, of course, we have to head over to Instagram. We'll see how you guys voted and replied on there with the very same question. Which, again, in case you need a reminder, is of these Yankees who suffered from injuries, slumps, or otherwise in recent years, which do you think will have the biggest comeback this season? And unfortunately, as I've said in the past with Insta Stories, on Instagram Stories, which is where I do the Yapping Yankee social media segments on Instagram, only allows two choices for a poll in Insta Stories, which for me, since I do my social media segments on Twitter and Instagram, as you know, whenever I do a poll and I have more than two choices that I want to do, and I do that on Twitter, I can't do that on Instagram, and it's a pain in the ass for me. And today is another one of those examples because, as you know, on Twitter with this poll, I had four different choices, and on the Insta Story polls, they only allow for two. So, as I've done in the past, for today, I kind of had to, like, group the choices together. So, for the first choice, I put Judge slash Stanton, and for the second choice, I put Sanchez slash Severino. And to help out with that, just to kind of put the point across that I wasn't grouping them together, underneath the question, I basically said, DM me your specific answers or thoughts for a chance at a shout-out on the show today. So, I said specific answer, but 
Some of you group them together, which is fine, I guess. I still understand that you're voting for either one or the other when it comes to each name and each choice. But it's still a pain in the ass for me. So Instagram, if anybody from Instagram is listening by chance, can you please just change that with Insta story polls? Can you please allow for more than two choices for the love of God? And if there is already another way to do that, can one of you please teach this uncultured swine that is myself how to do it? (laughs) Oh my goodness, so annoying. But anyway, those are the two choices. I had to group them together. First choice, Judge slash Stanton. And then the second choice being Sanchez slash Severino. And of the two choices, there was a landslide victory. The choice of Judge slash Stanton won with 84% of the vote. And then just the remaining 16% said Sanchez slash Severino. So as on Twitter, whether it be for Judge yet again or Stanton, just regardless of what it is, a lot of you believe in those two over the latter in Sanchez and Severino even right here on Instagram. So let's get to some replies that you guys DM'd me with, and we will hear what you guys have to say. First up is Sheba Husky Lover, and they say, I picked Judge and Stanton simply because I don't expect much from Gary or Luis Severino. That's not to say that Luis won't be a major contributor in future seasons. I just doubt he has a big impact this season. Now, me personally, I actually happen to think when Severino does return in give or take the second half, June or July, like they've said, I think how he is is actually going to be a big determining factor with this Yankee team. Because again, while I acknowledge the risks attached to guys like Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon, I do have high hopes for them. I really, really do. But Severino coming back, I think is going to be a big thing because if he comes back and he is at least close to the Severino that we all know and love and remember, then that one through four of, let's say, Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Jameson Tyon, Corey Kluber... Firing on all cylinders, that is a dominant rotation, one through four. And while I still believe in the top three before Seve's to return in Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, and Jameson Tyon, it would just be that much better if Luis Severino came back at least close to prior form. So I happen to think that if Luis Severino were to be really, really good when he returned, I think that would be massive for the Yankees. Now I know what you're saying, of course, is we don't know how Severino will be when he returns, and even when he does return, it won't be until like the second half, and that's fair, but I think that he has the potential, even if he isn't returning until the second half, to be huge for this Yankees team, especially if they're in an intense run for the playoffs in like August and September. I think he could be massive. As far as not expecting much out of Gary, people have their opinions on that, and that's okay. I really don't know what to think about Gary this year myself. I really hope, for his sake and for the team's sake, as I've said, that he goes out there and kills it, but I don't know. I'm on the fence about how he's going to do. And with Judge and Stanton, yeah, I see the reason why you're much more confident with them than the latter. I do. Because if they're both healthy, we know. Just watch out. Up next is at official 52011 on Instagram, and they say, Judge and Stanton need to prove that they can be healthy this season. Sanchez needs to bounce back this season big time. I pick Judge and Stanton because if they're healthy, they're capable of 20-plus home runs. 20-plus, I think that's a massive understatement. (laughs) If they're both healthy, I'd say that they're both guaranteed. If they're to play, like, maybe 140 to 145 games, I'd say that they're guaranteed to hit more like 40 home runs, each of them. But yeah, I get what you're saying. When they're both healthy, they have unbelievable potential, and of course you're right, because the last few years have proven such. They just have to stay on the field. Next, we have Nick M 538 and Nick says, I would have to say Judge and Stanton. I see way more ceiling to those guys. I love our team, obviously, but you have to do what is best sometimes. And if Sanchez has another crappy year, maybe it's time to look at other options. 
Yeah, as I've been saying forever, I do think that this is Gary's last chance, so I see what you're saying there. And as far as Judge or Stanton, yeah, seeing more potential in them is totally fair and valid because if they're healthy, then we know the pitchers throughout baseball better run and hide or just throw a slider low and away. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Or am I? (laughs) But in all honesty, I really do hope that's something they've been practicing this spring training in all seriousness because... That is definitely true that both Judge and Stanton definitely have struggled with the low and away slider, but that's something you could work on, and I'm sure they have at least a little bit because that's been a big component of their strikeouts in the past. Oh boy, I just opened up a whole can of worms with that dig, didn't I? (laughs) Uh, Just shut up, Mike, and move on to the next reply. All right, up next, let's see who we got. We've got at Mikey Bow up next, and Mike says, It's gotta be Judge and Stanton. They're both better than Gary, and Seve won't be back till July the earliest. Yeah, with Seve, they said that June's a possibility too, but we'll have to see how his recovery goes and how his elbow continues to feel throughout. As far as Judge and Stanton both being better than Gary, yeah, can't really deny that. But yeah, I guess your answer's fair. Because again, despite my slider loan away comment from before, there's no doubt that nonetheless, regardless of sliders loan away, when Judge and Stanton are healthy, as we've said countless times, not only this offseason or on today's episode, but forever, when they're healthy, then you don't want to be facing either of them if you're an opposing pitcher. All right, next is my friend Tina at MountainGal456, and Tina says, I think Judge and Stanton. I think those two have really wanted to prove themselves since last season. Well, as far as last season, if Judge plays the way he did before he got injured with when he was hitting all those home runs, then he shouldn't have much of a problem. (laughs) And as far as Stanton, if he picks up where he left off from the playoffs, then he shouldn't have much of a problem either. You know what I mean? (laughs) So the point is, again, they just got to stay on the field and we'll see them play great. Let's stay healthy, boys. Let's make it happen. All right, let's finish off with a couple more. Next, we have my amazing girlfriend, Vic Salimo, and Vic says, Judge, because for every injury and slump, he's had a great comeback. He's always been a key player on the Yankees, in my opinion, and I have faith that he's ready to come back for this season with even more fire. Yeah, when he's on the field, he's definitely a key player, to say the least. That goes without saying, for sure. And yeah, after every injury, whenever he's on the field, you see him play well again. Whenever he's on the field, again, that's the key. So yeah, as I said before, from your lips to God's ears, with that new training routine and everything, I hope he just comes out and has a phenomenal injury-free season. Alright, lastly, let's finish up, as always, with my mother, Julia Gina Scudero, and my mom says, I'm a Judge and Stanton believer, especially Judge. For some reason, I have hopes that Sanchez's winter ball will give him a more fluid and dependable season, but I'm feeling strong about the powerhouses Judge and Stanton. I really liked what I saw from Stanton in the playoffs last year. They are both incredible when they're on the field. Well, there you have it. (laughs) Basically, an overview of everything that I've been saying and a lot of the replies have said. Well done, Mom. I agree. Not even with just everything that you said about Judge and Stanton, which I totally agree with, but even with Gary mentioning the winter ball and hoping that that pays off and gives him a much nicer season this year, hopefully making him much more effective and, as you say, dependable. Totally agree all around with your reply, and when it comes to the rest of your replies, of course, as I said earlier, even now including the Instagram ones that I just read, as it is every single week with the social media segment, I loved reading all of your replies, giving you your shoutouts, and all that good stuff, so once again, before we move on to Yankees news, I just want to thank each and every one of you, whether you be on Twitter, whether you be on Instagram, I don't care. Thank you so much if you voted, replied. The whole deal. You guys know how much I appreciate you. I love every single one of you. 
And as I always say, if I didn't get to you, just keep on replying, guys. I get to everybody at some point or another, and I will manage to get around to you if I have not yet. Just keep on trying. Don't give up. All right, so before we move on to Yankees news, I just taking a quick glance over to the TV. I see the top of the first is over, so the Blue Jays are leading two to nothing. Michael King's stuff looked pretty good in the first inning from what I was able to see, but after getting a flyout on the first pitch against Kevin Biggio, he gave up a hit to Semyon, he walked Bichette, and then he hit Vlad Guerrero Jr. with a pitch, so he struggled a bit, and then the two runs were given up on a screaming line drive ground rule double by Rowdy Telez. So King did struggle, but his velocity looked really good especially. I saw, I think he touched 97 at one point, so that's pretty good, but an otherwise pretty rough start for Michael King. Let's see what happens in the rest of the game. My god, it's hard to do a podcast and try not to get distracted with a game going on right next to you, especially the first game back in the entire year in over four months. (laughs) All right, anyway, let's finish off this episode with some Yankees news. Again, just a couple of things to go over, all of which happened in the beginning part of the week. We'll start with the first thing that I teased you with in the intro, and that is the fact that the Yankees already have an injury. And let's just hope and pray that this is the first and last of spring training injuries. That would be nice. But six days ago on Monday, Clark Schmidt apparently had an MRI that showed an extensor strain near his elbow after he was feeling discomfort while throwing a bullpen session, apparently at full throttle, which is weird because reports said that it was one of his first bullpens after reporting to camp, if not his first, and yet he goes full effort. It just seems like a young rookie mistake to me. But the good news is his UCL, that beautiful ligament that, if torn, requires Tommy John, is totally fine. And thank God it is, because although he is still young, this would have been his second Tommy John already. He had his first coming out of college. So that's good that there's no damage to the UCL. And no other ligaments are damaged either. But otherwise, because of this extensor strain that was found near his elbow in his MRI, he will be shut down for a few weeks. Three to four, apparently, which was originally reported. And that was six days ago, so more or less about a week already. So maybe now you say two to three weeks, give or take, he'll be shut down. Now, obviously, you don't want to hear about anybody getting injured ever, obviously, but... When it comes to his place on the team this spring, obviously he was going to be one of the people battling for that final spot in the rotation amongst other guys like Davey Garcia, maybe a Michael King, but he was battling for that final spot in the rotation, maybe even sort of a middle relief role in the bullpen if there was going to be room for him, but I gotta be honest with you, regardless, even before this injury happened, I really didn't see him getting the fifth spot anyway. I really have thought since the start that that fifth spot would fall to somebody else like Davey Garcia. I mean, I could have been wrong. Maybe Clark Schmidt would have had a dominant spring. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but really for a long time now, especially after what happened in 2020 and the way that Davey did, and I don't know what kind of spring Davey's going to have, but I just always felt that that spot was going to fall to somebody like Davey to begin with regardless. I just think that Clark Schmidt needs a little bit more time to get ready, and I think his stuff is fantastic. I think Clark Schmidt has great stuff, but I do think that he needs more time to develop, and the Yankees themselves have actually expressed similar feelings in the past, even as recently as some points throughout the offseason. But again, I really didn't see him getting that fifth spot. I really do think that's going to fall to somebody like Davey Garcia. I don't even think it'll fall to Michael King because, not only just because of the first inning he just had, I felt this way throughout the whole offseason if you listen to prior episodes and whenever I spoke about Michael King, but I've just felt like Michael King belongs in more of a long relief role, if anything, on the Major League squad right now because 
It just seems like he can only really go like two or three innings, as of the past at least, without just falling apart. I do think he has good stuff. I really do. I like Michael King's stuff, and today he's showing really nice velocity on his fastball especially. But I don't know. It just seems like he hasn't really been able to completely put it all together as of yet. And that's all right. I mean, he's got a whole spring training's worth to work on that. But I just feel that the most deserving, especially because of last season, and again, we don't know what kind of spring he's going to have, but I just feel like the most deserving of the fifth spot, until Severino comes back at least, and then you'll have to reevaluate. But as of right now, I think Davey Garcia is a very worthy fifth starter. So in that sense, and I'm not downplaying injuries or anything like that to any particular guy. Again, you don't want to hear about anybody getting hurt, but as far as how badly Clark Schmidt's injury affects the team, I really wouldn't say it affects them all that much. But hopefully, of course, he does return to full health as soon as possible. Again, they originally reported that he'd be shut down for three to four weeks. That was six days ago, so give or take a week, so maybe two to three weeks at this point. And if he is to be on the main roster upon his return, then he'll probably be back like a couple of weeks into the regular season, so even though I'm not losing sleep over this injury, again, I obviously hope his recovery from this goes smoothly, and also has no more issues with his elbow going forward than he's already had at just age 25, and he only just turned 25 last week, so he's young. So especially if he is to be with the big league squad when he does return, let's hope that he's good to go once this is done, and he'll be around in whatever role the Yankees might need him for. And as of now, six days later, here on this Sunday, he is still shut down, and we'll see how he continues to progress as time moves along. So that's the latest on Clark Schmidt. As of the next day on Tuesday, what I also teased about in the intro to the show was Justin Wilson and Gardner's contracts becoming official, which they did. And we already had details on Gardner's deal, of course, and I spoke about all that last week, so I won't go through all of that again. But we do officially know what the Yankees did to make room for both him and Wilson. And I'll tell you in just a second, after I give you the details to Wilson's deal, which finally have been revealed. Now, as I said on last week's show, basically the only two pieces of information we had on Wilson's contract, even as long as six or seven days after his signing was announced, were that the contract required a physical, which is obviously the norm, and that MLB Network reported it as a minor league deal. That was basically it. And on Tuesday, we finally got more details on his contract. It's a one-year deal with a player option for 2022. If the player option is declined, then there's a club option for 2022. But if the player option is exercised, there's another club option for 2023. So just how much time Wilson does spend with the Yankees largely depends on what he does this year, of course and as a result, what he decides to do with the options attached to his contract. As far as the financials, this year he gets $2.85 million. The player option for 2022 is for $2.3 million. If that player option isn't exercised, then the club option for 2022 is $7.15 million, or $1.5 million buyout. If the player option for 2022 is exercised, there's that plus the 2023 club option. So that's the deal with Wilson's contract and the financials, finally revealed this past week. So again, definitely glad to have Wilson back. As I said on last week's show, I'm very happy he's back for the bullpen, and I think he could turn out to be a very nice piece to have back. And in order to make room for both him and Gardner on the 40-man roster, the Yankees transferred Seve to the 60-day IL, 
as I'd been saying for weeks now that I was anticipating in case they needed to make room on the roster, I was saying that that was an option they could do, and they did it. And the other move to make room for a second person was that they also DFA'd Greg Allen, the outfield depth piece that they traded for months ago. Never even got to play a game, so that was fast. (laughs) I did also mention that as a possibility a little while back, as a possible alternative to clear a roster spot, DFAing someone like Greg Allen. So, Gardy and Wilson take Allen's place on the roster, and Seve's as well, at least for now, until he's ready to come back in June or July, when he's expected to return from his Tommy John surgery. But, in any event, it was very nice to finally get the contract info for Justin Wilson, because (laughs) we were just waiting for days and days without any specific details as far as years and money or anything else, really. And now we even learn that there's club and player options with it, so... It's good to finally get the information on that. So that's the deal with Wilson and Gardy, and the 40-man roster with Seve's IL transfer, and Greg Allen being DFA'd. And finally for today, also on Tuesday, and we won't go too in-depth on this per se, because I did discuss a lot of this at the start of last week's show too, but there was a continuation to the subject this past week, and it's important to mention but there were reports that Domingo Herman, following all the controversy with Zach Britton's statement about him the week prior, did speak to his teammates. Twice, actually, apparently. Once to position players, and once to pitchers and catchers. He also addressed the media himself on Wednesday and gave a statement, and I'm going to read that public statement for you now in case you haven't heard it, and occasionally I might jump in and give my thoughts on certain things said, but not too much. I don't want to throw off your concentration that much. So, here's Domingo's statement. I want to take this opportunity before answering your questions to sincerely apologize to the Steinbrenner family, my teammates, the front office, and those around me who love me. I have made mistakes of which I'm not proud of, and for that I want to apologize. Well, I'm just going to jump in right here for the first time and just say that I don't know if those who love me includes his girlfriend. I don't know if she falls under that criteria because apparently they're still together and she's forgiven him. But if she doesn't fall under that criteria, then... I don't really know where the apology for the girlfriend is. I mean, that should probably be the first person you apologize to, even before the Steinbrenner family. But, alright, let's keep going. When my team needed me the most in 2019 before we started the playoffs, I wasn't there for them. It was very difficult for me not to be pitching and helping my team. Having to watch them from afar hurt me a lot. But I also understand that I am responsible for putting myself in that position. Yeah, just popping in really quick again right here. I'm not so sure anybody cares to hear about how you felt in the 2019 playoffs and not being a part of it. I'm just putting that out there. That's not really relevant. But anyway, let's keep going. I'll try not to jump in again. I want to thank Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman for being so patient with me. They have always sincerely tried to help me. When I was going through my worst moment, they were there. They went to where I was training in Jupiter, Florida, along with Matt Blake, and we had a great conversation, and for that, I will be eternally grateful to them. I need to show them through my actions how committed I am to re-establishing myself as a contributor to this team. Regarding social media, I understand that I have not used it in an appropriate way. I have caused a lot of confusion, and although my reason has been to connect with fans, I must do it in a better way. It is clear that I must improve on that. Yeah, and he's basically referencing that after everything that happened, he said, like, it is over, or something along those lines on Instagram at some point, and everybody was like, well, what the hell does that mean? And he was just putting up weird posts like that, and I'm pretty sure that that's what he's referencing as far as learning how to use social media in a better way. So, yeah, whatever. All right, let's finish up the statement. I was able to speak to each player on the team yesterday. 
The only acceptable way to begin to move forward was to address them face to face. It is worth repeating again today what I told the team. There are a lot of young players who wear this uniform, and I want them to understand the great damage that can be done when mistakes like mine have been made. What I want to do now is concentrate on what I love, which is to pitch. My goal is to work hard and retake my career. It has always been my dream to pitch in the major leagues, and I am so thankful to still have that dream in front of me. So, overall, I didn't have too much of a problem with Herman's statement, I guess, but along with the things I had to pick at while reading it, there is another thing that I have to pick at. Saying that he quote-unquote made mistakes, and that he's sorry. <sighs> I mean, apologies are good to hear, obviously, so long as they're sincere, otherwise they're just hollow words. So, I don't take issue with apologizing in general, as it's the first step in taking strides to righting a wrong. In this case, a wrong that's near impossible, if not completely impossible in some cases to atone for. But anyway, I guess only time will tell about how sincere it really is, so I don't take issue with apologizing as of now. But hearing the word mistake with this is just aggravating to me. I don't know how you feel about that, and I hate that I even have to talk about this on a day where I'm beyond excited that baseball's back, but it did happen this past week, so I gotta touch on it. But anyway, I don't know how you feel personally, how you feel about that, but this wasn't a mistake to me. This is something in which, when it happens, the person who does it needs to be seriously evaluated and needs to seek serious help, which, again, apparently he has, but it's not a mistake. A mistake was when I accidentally slept a little later than I usually do a few days ago and was almost late for work. That is an honest, genuine mistake. Abusing your significant other like this? Yeah, not so much. Probably just better off saying something like, quote, what I did was absolutely despicable and should never happen anywhere, ever. I truly and deeply regret it. I'm so sorry to my girlfriend who there's not even an apology to in this statement, by the way, as I said before, unless she falls under the criteria of those who love me, as he said at one point in the beginning of the statement. But otherwise, she wasn't specifically addressed, and I find that very wrong, regardless of whether or not she moved on and forgave him and they're still together. And if they did, that's fine. Great. But still, to not even have an apology directly to her, the victim in this whole thing? <sighs> so, again... Speaking as Herman, this is the way I would put it again. So, maybe say something along the lines of this. So, I'm mostly sorry to her, of course, my loved ones, and I'm also sorry to my team, who was literally at least partially witness to this at an event for Cece, and I've uncomfortably had to answer lots of questions about the situation since, to this day. I've taken great strides to seek the help I need, and to ensure that something as horrid as this, domestic abuse, on my behalf, never happens again. And I intend to continue to show my sorrow and remorse, and maybe this would be a good idea for Domingo, by participating in various efforts to combat domestic violence throughout the community off the field to also prevent it from happening elsewhere as much as possible, like through charitable efforts and whatnot. That would be an honorable thing to do. And while also showing my loved ones and team how dedicated I am to having a successful and hardworking career on the field with the Yankees, and how grateful I am to even be given a second chance after everything that's happened. Or just something along those lines. Because actions speak louder than words. You get it. 
And so that's really what I would say if I were him, more or less. Just threw something together there on the fly. I think my statement just there was better. But regardless, this is just the start as of now. The apology stage. So this was only where the work begins for Domingo. Regardless of how much work he's put in personally already, this is just the beginning. And he knows that. At least, I hope he knows that. But time, I guess, will tell. But circling back to my point from earlier, and notice I didn't include this word in my statement, but don't beat around the bush by calling what happened a mistake or whatever. You know what I mean? In my statement, I called it like it is. Domestic abuse and how freaking terrible it is. And I'm not trying to pry at certain things that some people may not find to be a big deal, or some may call me picky over, but hopefully you get what I'm trying to say. But again, at least he apologized, I guess. It's certainly the least he can do. But again, only time will tell if this apology is just a hollow one or not. And again, he also did thank Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman for being patient with him, the whole organization too, as he should since they even gave him another chance. It's obviously not the first time the Yankees have given people like Herman another chance, and highlighted that it was difficult to speak to all of his teammates about the situation. I mean, I can imagine, but I have no sympathy whatsoever considering his own disgusting actions put him in this position in the first place, which he did acknowledge, but nonetheless, it still holds true. But... Aaron Boone also said on Tuesday that he believes Herman does have the support of his teammates. I don't really know how many specifically. We did hear a couple of them speak up, like Luke Voigt, saying that although he has his support, that he's skating on really thin ice and he needs to get it together. We also heard Stanton say that they definitely all view him differently now than before everything that happened, which obviously you expect that, so there's that. So tough support, it sounds like, if you will. But we also, on the other hand... Obviously remember what Zach Britton said last week about sometimes not being able to control who your teammates are, and that what Herman did doesn't belong on or off the field, even though the two have apparently since spoken, but again, we went through Britton's statement and spoke about this at the start of last week's show, and even went over some of the new, disturbing details that surfaced just last Sunday, around the time I started recording that day having to do with that awful and disturbing time back in 2019, the night of Domingo becoming physically violent towards his girlfriend, which, again, started at a Yankee event, an event for CeCe, in front of everyone, pretty much. And then after that, how he got even angrier and more violent following the event in his home, to the point where his girlfriend actually hid in a locked room from him. Sickening crap. It really is. And this piece of info I actually didn't touch on last week, because when I was recording last week, again... These details literally had just come out. But the new information that I didn't mention last week was that the wife of a Yankee player was actually contacted by Herman's girlfriend during this. And that wife, along with their husband, the Yankee player, both of whom have remained anonymous, drove to Herman's home late that night to put a stop to it. To defuse the situation, per se. Stop Herman and calm him down, you have to assume. And to also, obviously, console his girlfriend, the victim, of such a disgusting display of human garbage known as domestic violence. And I hate this. I always hate talking about things like this. Talking about it is getting me fired up all over again. I hate this crap. Britain is right. This really shouldn't have a place in the world anymore. Abusing your significant other. What kind of animal do you have to be to do something like that? <sighs> I just hate discussing this. I really hate discussing it a lot. Not only because of how horrible it is in general, but also because in a situation like this, just from a possible perspective if you're the Yankees, you're obviously, and understandably so, facing lots of pressure from the outside, many people of which want Herman released 
or would want the team to try to at least trade him maybe. Some still want him around and wanted to get a second chance. It's just so hectic. And as I said last week, I agree that if people are truly doing all they can to change and they do so successfully, that they can earn that chance. I've always stuck by that. But at the same time, domestic violence is so awful that sometimes it's impossible to forgive. And I totally hear those people too. Again, only time will tell. And everything that happened is just enough to make you sick to your stomach. And also even hearing how much it directly involved people in the organization. Teammates. Seeing it at the event. And a teammate and their wife going to her mom's home afterwards. When things got even worse and they were called. And it just makes you furious if you're a half-decent human being. So, it's complicated. It's complicated, guys. But regardless of where you stand on what you want Herman's future to entail, as wrong as it is, when it comes to sports, and this is definitely true too, whether you like it or not, how good you are as a player definitely plays a role in your future too. It just does. Which leads me to believe that because of Herman's effectiveness in the 2019 season prior to all of this, and the Yankees seeming to really want to give him that second chance, it just really leads me to believe that Herman isn't going anywhere. But regardless of whatever you do if you're the Yanks, at the end of the day, there are going to be people who don't agree. And with an issue as awful as this, it's really difficult to find the right answer on what action to take. A lot of the time, there is no right answer. It's extremely complicated. More so for some people than others, but you get what I'm saying. I just wish you never had to talk about things like this anymore. It's just so horrible. It just disgusts me, but... That's the latest with the whole Herman situation. We still have Britton's statement. Now we have Boone saying that he thinks he has support from his teammates. And we have Herman's apology statement. And we know the public's opinions on social media are just flying all over the place, as expected. Including my own that I've expressed on last week's show and right here today. But I guess, like I said last week, we'll all just have to keep an eye on how this all goes. I don't know, man. We'll see. This is an ongoing story, and although I think that this will start to cool down as of now, or at least just not be as hot as it's been the last couple of weeks now, since we now had these statements, but although I think this will start to cool down as of now, this will still obviously be an ongoing story. And for Herman, the work for him, again, has only just begun, since it seems like the Yanks are giving him another chance. But anytime there is an update on this, or anything having to do with the Yankees, of course, you know you can hear it right here on Yapping Yankees. And speaking of updates right now, at the time I'm recording this part of the show right now, it's the bottom of the fourth. It's five to nothing Blue Jays right now. The Yankees are not on the board yet, and they only just got their first hit by none other than DJ LeMayhew, who got the Yankees' first hit of 2021. No surprise at all. Very on brand by DJ. And Glaber actually also just hit a double actually just now. So Glaber Torres getting his first hit. That's awesome. So second and third, one out. The one out for now being Aaron Judge. He flew out to center. And Luke Voigt is just getting to the plate right now. And before we head on over to the outro to wrap up the show, I do want to just remind you that now since games are underway, do not forget that the Yapping Yankees format will be changing again because we'll be doing the introduction, the social media segment. We'll also be talking Yankees news if anything happens other than just the games themselves, like we do throughout the entire year, even the offseason. So nothing changes with those segments. But then, after news, the weekly recap segment will also return. Obviously, the weekly recap of games does not happen during the offseason because there are no games. But since games are now back, next week, that segment will return. And usually during the regular season, I'll go through the final score, I'll talk about big things that happen in any of the games, and I'll talk about some details about the games, but in spring training, I usually zip right through it and just give the final score, unless something really, 
really worth mentioning happens because, of course, I don't go too in-depth on spring training games because they're exhibition games. They don't count. So there's no need to waste time here and talk about in-depth details about games that don't count. But if anything worth mentioning happens, I'll mention it. But otherwise, that's what the future holds. Yapping Yankees Weekly Recap will be returning next week and in a much shorter and quicker fashion for the spring training games. And I just saw something going on on the TV right next to me and I saw that Luke Voigt hit a ground ball towards short. There was a bobble. And as a result, the runner who came in to pinch run for DJ, because DJ was taken out of the game after he got his hit, I wasn't able to see specifically who that was running for him after he was removed from the game, but that run just came home, so now it's 5-1 to one Blue Jays, and we'll see if the Yankees can add on any more in this half inning, or maybe later on. I'm pretty sure this game is going to be ending after seven innings, because another part of the spring training games, in order to like prevent injury or just not overtax the guys too much after having a shortened season last year and having a long offseason off, I'm pretty sure that they could end the games as of now after like seven innings, so I don't really know for sure, but this game is probably going to end after seven innings. I mean, you guys will have known what happened already because when you're listening to this tonight, the game will have been long over. Again, I'm just saying this for myself, but yeah, expect this game to not go the full nine regardless. And the same will go for at least a good amount of the rest of the spring training games. I assume they'll play more and more as the games continue on and they get closer to the regular season arriving. But in any event, guys, that is all for episode 85 of Yapping Yankees today. Let's give one last shout out to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave, and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. Com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also follow the mastermind behind that website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias, at grunttalksmlb. Special thanks to all of our friends at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9 for always, always helping to spread the word about Yapping Yankees. And obviously, be sure, guys, to also follow me on all social media so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero and Y. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. And I'd also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on the other three platforms it's available on, too. Those would be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're at it, honestly, why not listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed? Episodes 34 up to episode 85 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. 
I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, March 7th, when I come at you with episode 86 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, enjoy this positive turn in the weather like I have. All of that snow is basically gone at this point, which is awesome, putting me just that much further into a baseball mentality. And also, please don't forget, guys, I say this all the time, no matter what happens in this game or any spring training game, really, do not flip out and go nuts about it. The game doesn't count. Just remember that. The truly important things that matter are that one, no one gets hurt, and two, that we have baseball back. So on that note, enjoy baseball and enjoy your week, my friends. Take care.